The Clixie Podcast with Tim Flagg. Insight, opinion and advice from the leading practitioners in digital marketing and e-commerce. You know, I think DMP adoption is becoming certainly much more mainstream. So I envisage more and more sophisticated use cases coming through as marketers try and drive, you know, essentially competitive advantage through their data, through their use of technology. This is the ClickZ Digital Marketing Podcast, and I'm going to be talking to Miles Pritchard from Lotomy. We'll be learning about how brands and agencies can fully exploit the potential of data to enhance their advertising. As Global Director of Marketing and Agency Solutions, Miles's primary focus is to solidify Lotomy's market position and product solution roadmap, working in conjunction with the marketer and agency clients. So we're going to be hearing a lot more about what Miles has been doing and finding out what those different roles have involved. But first of all, I'd like to welcome Miles to the Clixie Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome, Miles. Thank you, Tim. Could you maybe start off telling us a little bit more about your story? We'd like to sort of hear how you got started in the industry. Uh, what attracted you to this particular part of advertising? Sure. I actually came up through the agency side. I started my career in media working in uh, paid search and PPC, uh, an independent agency called The Seven Stars. Um, I went on to head up the biddable and programmatic team at The Seven Stars um, just as part of my progression within that business. And after that, I spent uh, around a year working with uh, VivaKey Audience On Demand, which was the publicist media programmatic trading function at the time. Uh, my role there was really uh, focused around brand consultancy, so working with agency teams, working directly with marketers, uh, and focusing on how brands uh, could uh, you know, effectively implement and deploy programmatic strategies as part of their media mix. You know, my time at Viviki really helped me to define my next role, working within Loathe.me, working within the data management platform. Uh, I'd been working alongside brands um, and agencies for several months and they've been trying to get to grips with the concept of data and data management platforms and uh, you know a few of those guys were in the processes of implementing DMPs so I'd help to construct uh, the initial implementation plans uh, I'd worked through uh, you know strategic frameworks for data collection organization and the activation of that data so you know, I'd gone through a learning curve. I could tell that DMPs were going to become a fundamental part of the ad tech ecosystem and a kind of a core uh, part of the marketer uh, technology stack. So I'd become very interested in working in data uh, alongside data management platforms. And I really wanted to understand how they worked from the inside out, which is why I joined uh, Lotomy about 18 months ago now. And I work with uh, pretty much our entire client base uh, within EMEA, helping publishers, advertisers, agencies to effectively deploy uh, data management platform technology within their business and to fully actualize the value out of that technology. And so I was establishing strategic frameworks. I was working alongside these businesses to ensure that you know we were putting the right teams uh, around the technology in order to ensure success. My latest role at Lotomy, heading up globally uh, our marketer and agency uh, solutions department, where I effectively act as a corporate sponsor for all things demand side. So I work with um, agencies, I work with brands, but I also spend a lot of 
my time working with internal teams here at Lotomy, uh, from product to sales, uh, through to marketing and, and client success to make sure that Lotomy as a business is set up correctly to meet the requirements of our newer uh, customer base. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for bringing that to life and for giving us a bit more of an understanding of the the role that you do. A lot of our audience will come from a sort of brand side perspective or agency side perspective. So in previous um, episodes, we've talked about what an, an ad exchange is and how that works a little bit. Obviously, Lotomy is a, a DMP, a data management platform. Could you very simply just explain what a data management platform is and its role to a, an ad agency or, or a brand owner? Sure, absolutely. So a uh, data management platform or a DMP is a technology platform that effectively um, was initially designed to facilitate data collection, data unification, management and then subsequent activation so they are technology platforms focused around helping businesses to centralize control and manage uh, all of the data that they operate so that could be first party data uh, it could be second party data or third party data they've developed somewhat i would say over the years and now they include much more advanced unification capabilities so uh, you know the vast majority of them support cross device and id resolution systems as well as um, point solutions such as look like and act like modeling analytics advanced reporting suites um, you know from our perspective as low to me when we talk about data management platforms and the core pillars that sit behind a data management platform we often refer to uh, those core pillars as collection, organization, analysis, activation, optimization, and reporting on all data usage. So really from a perspective of a brand owner trying to sort of understand this, is this is, is a DMP something which is very esoteric, which they can just leave their agency to get on with, you know, the trading desk get on with, and the brand owner doesn't actually need to know about? Or would you say that increasingly brand owners need to understand how a DMP can add value? I think that brand owners definitely need to understand how DMPs uh, can add value to their businesses and to their marketing communication strategies. I think that you know, adoption is, is a fairly mixed picture today, and just in terms of how brands uh, and agencies are working together to deploy more data-driven strategies and implement technology solutions like DMPs. Um, I certainly believe that agencies have taken a proactive stance on deploying data management platform technologies and really leading uh, advertisers by the hand um, in ensuring that they understand the technology and uh, can maximize the value out of the technology. But as the market evolves, um, I certainly foresee brands taking a much more active role um, and deploying this technology in-house. I suppose one of the use cases might be a brand who has a lot of data on their existing customers that they've collected from multiple different sources. And using a DMP, they're able to bring that first party data into the ad exchange in order to to qualify some of their new um, performance marketing that they're doing maybe to to upsell or to cross-sell. Could you maybe sort of elaborate on a couple more use cases that might use a DMP? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, data management platforms, as I've said, facilitate wide spectrum of use cases all the way from simply collecting and unifying data so that you can get a 
single customer viewer central system of record uh, which often helps brands to generate consensus within their own businesses so uh, unifying data assets from across multiple different business areas whether that's analytics crm media etc and having that all pumped into a central system of record can often help to generate that single customer view and that single version of the truth which i think certainly from my perspective helps businesses to generate consensus far quicker um, across multiple stakeholders, breaking down independent teams, individual data silos, uh, and providing a much more global and holistic picture. So I think you know one of the core competencies of a DMP and one of the core rationales for implementing a DMP is really helping advertisers to understand their customers and their potential customers. So providing compositional analysis on users, so looking at demographics, interests, content consumption, patterns, etc., so that you can better understand uh, you know, exactly who your existing customer are and uh, who your potential customers may be. And then, as you say, moving into activation. Uh, DMPs really provide a central audience management system, uh, the ability to control audience data and manage audience data within a centralized and agnostic platform. So, you know, for instance, building a portfolio of target audiences and activating those audiences across multiple different channels uh, into multiple different activation platforms, DSPs for instance, but controlling the logic behind that activation within a central solution within the DMP. So that could be establishing rules for audience suppressions or exclusions. It could be establishing rules for creative and content delivery, or it could also be generating rules for bid optimizations. Great. Thank you for giving those examples there. Where would you say we are in terms of understanding the potential of how we can use data at the moment. Clearly, you've outlined a, a lot of the sort of technical side of, of what we can do. I imagine there's not that many um, brands or even advertisers who are, who are using the full potential, but how, how far have we come and how far do we have to go as an industry? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think like most things, it's a mixed picture. If you look at the use of audience data and DMP technology today, I think like all new innovation, data adoption is probably following a a bell curve on adoption. So I work with some agencies and some brands that were very early adopters of uh, DMP technology and are now very sophisticated in the way in which they work with data and the way in which they leverage DMP platforms. You know, I work with other businesses, other marketers and agencies who have been later to adopt or haven't yet adopted DMP technology. And you know, those guys are very much reliant on standard off the peg segmentation. So, you know, I think DMP adoption is becoming certainly much more mainstream. So I envisage uh, more and more sophisticated use cases coming through as marketers try and drive, you know, essentially competitive advantage through their data and through their use of technology. There's clearly been a lot of interest in DMPs. Salesforce recently uh, bought uh, Crux and there have been a number of other um, acquisitions by Oracle and Adobe in the DMP space. What do you think that tells us about the industry, um, the importance of the industry and the future importance of the industry? Yeah, uh, it's been a very interesting few years for the M&A guys, certainly. One thing it definitely tells us is that DMPs are incredibly valuable uh, pieces of technology and are seen to be increasingly important in a brand's 
uh, ad tech and martech stack. I mean, the market's consolidated uh, hugely, and I think that's an incredibly important topic. You know, Lotomy has been around for ten years, so we've seen our fair share of acquisitions in the DMP space. We've seen DMPs being absorbed into larger marketing clouds, so BlueKai into Oracle, Dendex into Adobe, Crooks into Salesforce, as you said. Um, you know, on the one hand, I understand the benefits of having a simple one-stop shop for all uh, marketing needs from data to media activation, analytics and content personalization. And that's certainly what these uh, large marketing cloud solutions are looking to facilitate. But my personal view is that data should be independently managed and that the manager of that data shouldn't take or have a stake in where the data comes from, in the insights it generates, or ultimately where it's activated. I mean, our strength as Loadsme has always been a laser focus on data management solutions as a pure play DMP provider. And that's really helped us to generate flexible product roadmap. It's really uh, fed into our service and support. You know, I think that when you're absorbed into a large marketing cloud, you effectively enter a walled garden. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the establishment of more and more walled gardens within the media ecosystem. And, you know, hand on heart, I can honestly understand the benefits of working within a walled garden, but they obviously have their drawbacks and, and their restrictions. And one of those, uh, which I think is incredibly important, is the agnosticism and the openness of the platform. And um, you know, from our perspective, certainly from my perspective, uh, it's one of the core tenets of the DMP and a, and a fundamental uh, right almost um, to uh, brands and to advertisers is, is to have that data be portable, have it be actionable within any environment they so choose. Great. Yeah. And I think that independence is going to be increasingly important as some of those bigger companies look at um, building out their sort of marketing clouds. Um, it's going to be very difficult for the particularly smaller brands and smaller advertisers to uh, to find truly independent solutions. So we're going to take a quick break there. And then after the break, we're going to come back and find out a little bit more about what you think the future holds. Hi there, it's Tim here. And I've got a favor to ask. If you're enjoying listening to the Clixie podcast today, could you please leave us a quick review? Just navigate to the review tab in iTunes or Stitcher and either share some stars or leave a comment. Not only would I be really, really grateful, but this also helps other people to discover the podcast. Thanks so much in advance. Now back to the podcast. So just before the break, we were hearing how the industry has developed and the role of the DMPs and why they're important to both brands and advertisers alike. Now I'd like to ask more about where you think the industry is going. What does the future hold specifically for um, DMPs? Would you say that overall the data that we have now is becoming more valuable to advertisers and that that's reflected in the price that data is being exchanged for in, in, in the ad exchanges? Yeah, I mean... You know, if we believe the stats that are that are coming out today, um, you know, over ninety percent of brands will be working with a DMP by twenty eighteen. You can safely say that DMPs and data activation are becoming table stakes for most advertisers, and I think that inherently speaks to the value that advertisers are placing uh, on this type of uh, media activation and 
for this type of data activation. So I don't actually have any stats to hand on the inventory costs associated with data in the open marketplaces currently. But from our perspective, as low to me, you know, we operate a, a third-party data marketplace, a data exchange, which we activate into the programmatic ecosystem. And you know, we've certainly seen uh, pretty astronomical growth in uh, our own third-party data exchange in the past several years. So I can say with some certainty, at least from our perspective, that the use of audience data within the open exchange is certainly growing and growing incredibly uh, quickly. I think you know we also have to view the open marketplace alongside uh, the private marketplaces and look at capabilities that publishers have brought to the fore since adopting data management platform technology as they're now able to offer um, much more sophisticated uh, audience packages alongside inventory within PMPs, combining audience data with uh, their owned and operated inventory. Um, you know, and that's certainly uh, typically at a premium in terms of the cost per thousand. So who would you say currently owns the data? Does does the data belong to publishers? Is it something which maybe should belong more to the advertisers or even the consumers? Who, who has ownership of the data? So, um, you know, as a first order, ownership is really a legal issue and almost always sits with the uh, entity generating that data. So... That could be a publisher, it could be an advertiser, dependent on exactly where the data is being generated, collected. Um, in terms of how data is managed and processed and who, I would say, operationally controls the data, that's often quite a different story. So, you know, specifically when you look at media agencies um, and how they are currently adopting data management platform technology and working alongside their own clients you know we're seeing agencies and brands work together in different ways so in some cases agencies are taking much more of a lead in deploying data management platform technology on behalf of their advertisers and working alongside their advertisers to implement and execute on more data-driven strategies in in some cases, it's completely the reverse, and advertisers are really the driving force behind uh, DMP deployment within their own businesses, and they're effectively mandating audience segmentation uh, to their agencies and requesting that they activate those segments on their behalf. You know, we work with our clients to ensure they're structuring their own relationships to the letter of the law um, to establish liability and indemnity where required um, as it relates to, to data ownership and you know, actually who that ownership sits with. Um, but certainly I would uh, you know, establish a delineation between ownership from a legal perspective and ownership from an operational and from a processing perspective. Yeah, I think you're right. From an operational perspective, the challenge is really how can we make sure there's less silos within an organization and how can we kind of collate that data as you've already explained within a DMP from many different sources. But what's the impact of something like GDPR, the um, the new regulation coming in a couple of years, which makes it even more stringent, the regulation around how 
uh, third parties can use an individual's personal data. Will that have an impact on the type of data and the way in which you use data within a DMP and within the ad exchange? That's a good question. You know, the GDPR is obviously an incredibly important regulatory framework for data protection and security. And you know, if you work with consumer data in any way, shape or form, then it's certainly worth raising the GDPR with your in-house legal counsel, making sure that they're aware of it um, and that they're taking the necessary steps. And I think it's probably worth noting that the GDPR doesn't come into force until May 2018. Uh, and there's still a lot of details to be hashed out before we know exactly what the requirements will be uh, to successfully comply with the new regulatory framework. I think probably the biggest issue uh, for advertisers um, for agencies, for you know, all entities that are operating within data will be the requirement for more robust consent from users, which can often be uh, you know, far more difficult to obtain than just tacit compliance. So that, I think, can be taken in two ways, either negatively because less people will presumably opt in actively and consent on the front end, meaning that there may potentially be smaller target audiences is available within the open exchanges um, could also be taken in a positive light so if you do obtain consent on the front end as a marketer for instance and you have a user who's willing to engage and willing to actively consent to be targeted then the assumption is that they're a much more engaged user and probably much more open to receiving communications from you. Yeah, I think that could, it does reflect that. And it uh, plays very much that concern we have at the moment about viewability and, and engagement and as of ad blindness, banner blindness at the moment, that um, actually by making the value exchange more explicit to the consumer uh, and saying, well, look, these are the terms on which you're entering into it, then maybe we engage them more in, in, in the advertising process. We've talked quite a bit about the, the way in which the, the sort of industry has evolved. And I wonder now, looking at an agency, do you think that we're going to see almost a, a new function develop in the agency, which is, for want of a better phrase, something like a, a data desk in the same way that you know we've seen developments of trade desks, etc. Et or, or where do you see this kind of specialism around data? Where would that lie otherwise? Yeah, it's an interesting topic. I mean, I think that it's absolutely 100% a positive trend that we're seeing uh, more and more data specialists emerge within the industry, um, you know, within all different types of businesses from advertisers to agencies to publishers. Um, it's a very complex and quite complicated space and it does require a unique skill set, which you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say it's somewhat lacking in many businesses today. Um, you know, I think that building a, a data desk is quite an interesting concept. I've had, uh, you know, a few conversations in the last several months, in fact, where that concept has arisen, um, you know, and it's mostly focused around incubating the resource and the skill set around data and data activation. And that was certainly the thinking when we established programmatic trading desks within agency groups to incubate talent and resource um, in order to advance capability at a far, far faster rate. Um, it's difficult, I think, to maintain that kind of specialist division within a business given the nature of data and how expansive it is. So locking data as a specialism into a silo team 
I think will mean that it's never really fully maximized. You know, one of the most powerful aspects of data is unification. And it's often quite difficult to unify data from across a business uh, or from across multiple businesses when we do, you know, in fact, create a specialist unit for handling data. So I think it's, it's a mixed picture. I understand the requirement to build skill set and to nurture talent around data. And I think that's absolutely the right thing to do. But also one of the potential negative side effects of that is that we may not actually be maximizing the data assets themselves because we're creating inherent silos across businesses yeah i think it's that that word silo again isn't it and i think even within the creative agencies in particular there is a real division between on one hand the the media side of the business who understands the data who's you know very much about targeting and creating segments and audiences and the other side that you know the creatives who are coming up with the the actual ad concepts who haven't yet figured out how to design creative that takes account of data what do you think is the best way for those creative agencies to really understand how they can use data to better inform some of the creative that they are developing for their for their clients um is it they should they be going out and and sort of spending more time hanging out with you know, people like yourself and um, learning about DMP, should they be going to exhibitions and conferences? How can the creative agencies learn how to use data more effectively? Actually, it's, it's an interesting point. And I think that creative agencies have historically um, picked up a, a bad reputation, uh, for want of a better phrase, uh, for engaging with data, you know, in creative deployment. And I think that there may be a, a pivot in, in that particular uh, dynamic. Certainly from what I've seen uh, in the past several weeks and, and months is creative agencies becoming far more ambitious around their use of data uh, to inform, as you said, the creative, the content, the messaging, the tonality. Um, I think absolutely um, engage in uh, conferences, engage in seminars, uh, work alongside technology providers, um, in order to understand better the data ecosystem, um, you know we're working right now with a number of creative agencies actually who are deploying that DMP solution and really focusing around how to use that data uh, and the data management platform to better understand users, uh, better understand content consumption and content absorption, and really to effectively segment and define the stories that they want to tell. You know. I think that targeting and creative go hand in hand. Neither is more or less important than the other. If you target the right person, but put the wrong message in front of them, you won't engage them. And on the contrary, if you, you know, have the right message, but target to the wrong user, they're not going to engage either. So I think that you know the two are inherently connected. And I think that's becoming uh, much more of a focus for creative agencies in, in today's environment. So it's one of those areas that I often get talking about at dinner parties, the personalization and, and the retargeting of advertising. Because to me, as an advertiser, I get very excited about the level of granularity that you can now target people with. But to my friends who aren't in advertising, they get quite freaked out. Um, by the fact that these ads are one following them around and increasingly more personalized to them. But what 
do you think is going to happen in, in the next couple of years as we get more sophisticated ways of being able to gather that data? Do you think there's going to be a backlash from users? They're going to be turning to things like ad blockers and saying, you know, we don't want you to have more data on us. Or do you think they're going to sort of get over that that anxiety? I think you'll probably find a mixture of, of the two scenarios. I think that we're already seeing ad blocking become you know, incredibly prevalent. And I think that that's largely because advertising actually isn't personalized. It isn't a utility. It isn't engaging or entertaining, um, you know, and that's a problem. And it disrupts the user and, and the user flow and, um, you know, makes it really a hassle for an individual as opposed to a valuable part of their day. You know, I think a lot of what we're trying to do is to generate much more sophisticated targeting capabilities which aligned with creative can really help to bring about a much more relevant uh, creative and much more relevant content piece to a particular user in order to engage them so you know i think retargeting although very well established is often deployed as a quite blunt tool you know it's often not managed particularly well um, in terms of recency and frequency um, of exposure and our approach to retargeting tends to focus much more around the enrichment of first-party data for the purposes of delivering a more tailored piece of content or creative messaging. So, for instance, you know, in retargeting, I may be able to identify a group of users that searched on a travel website for a particular holiday destination, but I don't, uh, using just that first-party data, know what drove those users what drove that audience to make that search and they could be completely different motivations so for some it may be the restaurants and the nightlife for others it may be the culture and the history of the area for others it could be the wildlife and the scenery you know all of those nuanced elements to what drove the user to perform a particular action are incredibly important to reference when we actually come to deliver uh, the key piece of content uh, or the key piece of messaging so, you know, our mission, I guess, as a, as a business is to help to bring much more relevant advertising to users in order to personalize their experience and uh, produce a much more relevant message. And you mentioned some of those other sources of data that you can bring in to enhance the profiles which already exist. A couple of weeks ago, we had Jim Hodgkins from Visual DNA talking about their particular data, which is obviously sort of psychographic and it measures the different types of personality. And then that can be appended onto data through a DMP like Me to be able to then enhance the insight that the advertiser has. What other types of, of data are you seeing um, data sources coming in now, which enhance the advertiser's uh, plain data and you know what, what's exciting in the future yeah i mean you know as as loads me we obviously collect clients first party data and we allow them to store and organize that data but we also unify over 50 different data providers within our dmp and we allow our customers to build segmentation and to analyze audiences using uh, a huge variety of uh, different data sets within our systems. So that could be anything from, as you mentioned, psychographic data, it could be uh, location data, it could be demographic data, socioeconomic data, general interest and intent data. Um, you know, all of these thousands of signals can be used to better understand consumers 
and to better understand how our uh, media is, is performing, how it's delivering, etc. So, you know, I think what's exciting, uh, the new evolution of data collection is the potential around the internet of things. So looking at different connected devices and the potential to reveal very specific data sets that are related to our habits and our use of everyday appliances like refrigerators or printers or coffee machines. Um, you know, being able to collect data sets from those types of connected devices and unify those against an individual, a profile, um, in order to effectively target that user with a very, very relevant message um, is is particularly interesting. You know, I think that one of the other things that is really of interest to me is, is part of the evolution of how data uh, is expanding uh, across the full marketing uh, communications stack is looking at movements of data into above the line channels like TV and radio and out of home. So loads me recently released our TV DMP solution in the US, which looks at bringing data into the linear TV world. And uh, we also recently released a solution called data stream, which allows for very granular log level data to be exported from our system. And that effectively allows clients to build and score their own segmentation uh, model their own look-alike and act-alike segments using proprietary uh, algorithms and machine learning. So, you know, as you can imagine, it's a very interesting time to be working in in data and, and in the DMP space. Not only from the perspective of the types of data and the signals that we're collecting, but also the ways in which we're manipulating those signals and subsequently activating on them. You mentioned a couple of developments there: um, the personal information economy. I think, you know, in terms of getting the data, pulling it in from our connected homes and connected vehicles, and also then how we can start to use some of this data now beyond the the world, which the world of online advertising, where it's very well established now in, in the sort of newly programmatized, I think I just made that word up, world of television um, and bringing those two together. What do you see as being the most disruptive or the most exciting development over the next five years, what, what is what's the sort of trend you're you're seeing? To your point, you know, I think activation of data within different channels, within different activation environments, like TV, like out of home, is certainly um, a development that I see really um, coming to the fore in the next couple of years. Um, we've already ran a number of proof of concepts with above the line channels in order to understand how data could successfully be activated. For instance, in an out-of-home context, you know, if we can understand the types of users that traverse through a particular area and have an opportunity to see, you know, a particular out-of-home site, we can profile that audience, look at how they vary across different times of the day, different days of the week. You know, we can really bring a much more sophisticated set of tools to media planners and buyers, um, you know, who effectively want to activate and target specific groups of people with out of home advertising so i mean i think that is going to be an incredibly important development we're doing a huge amount of work in tv right now and releasing our tv dmp solution which you know specifically looks at how we collect tv consumption data from the devices themselves how we map that back to a household and provide far more in-depth 
analytics and understanding as to um, you know which types of people are watching which types of networks and TV shows and even advertising um, at any given point in time um, you know activating that both within a programmatic ecosystem but also being able to better plan and buy TV spots based on that information. One of the things that I think is going to be incredibly important as an evolution in the industry is the concept of second party data and data sharing and data syndication. So second party data is effectively defined as data that's collected by an independent party but that's shared on an open, transparent and one-to-one basis. Lotomy released our second party data sharing platform, which is called Syndicate, earlier this year. And it was really the first step in helping to support and scale second party data sharing in the marketplace. Um, since we re- released that product, we've seen momentum really grow. Um, publishers and advertisers working very closely together to share audiences, uh, to build new strategic partnerships on the back of data for the very first time, as opposed to inventory. Um, you know, um, from our perspective, it makes complete sense. Data sellers and buyers coming together, wanting a much more transparent view on the audiences that they're targeting, wanting much more control over how segments are built and how they are activated, and ultimately wanting the flexibility to optimize and customize those segments mid-flight. So I think second-party data is definitely something to look out for. That's great. And I think you guys are ideally placed to be able to maximize the opportunity there, having effectively got all of the pipes you need to be able to plug into the existing ad ecosystem, wherever that second party data is coming from and and whoever needs it in the future. What would you say is the most effective way of being able to measure the quality of the data coming in? Because I imagine one of the challenges that people face when they're trying to assess which data they want to buy is is the quality is it dependent upon the source or are there some other ways of measuring the, the quality of, of the data coming in quality is an interesting topic uh, quality is, is largely subjective to a certain extent it's, it's hard to define quality universally without understanding the context the objective the kpi of a particular campaign you know at low to me the vast majority of our segmentation comes through declaration via a login or registration process or through demonstrative behavior. So a user having to take an action uh, you know, on a particular page, on a particular piece of content. So we don't as a business model or extrapolate any of our data segments, which helps to control quality, we feel, because everything that we're working with is declared or demonstrated. We're also, I guess, undertaking several initiatives within our business which are specifically focused on data quality and tackling subjects like fraud and bot detection, uh, subjects like verified demographics, Um, so looking at industry benchmarks like Nielsen, DAR and Comscore VCE benchmarks and understanding how we can optimize demographic segmentation towards hitting or exceeding those benchmarks. And we're also in 2017 looking at launching some post-segmentation verification processes through actually creating surveys which regularly verify um, user segmentation. So if we've defined a user as being a sports enthusiast, we want to actually check that that's accurate information so we can send out a survey to actually verify that information. And I think that some of the key metrics for defining quality 
are typically tied to the campaign itself, which makes it difficult, as I said, to uh, define universally. If an audience segment is driving performance within a DR environment against the campaign KPI, maybe that's click-through rate or conversion rate, and it's doing so cost-effectively, it's deemed to be of high quality. You know, an obvious metric which brings to mind is on-target percentage for demographics. So how are we performing against Comscore VCE benchmarks? How are we performing against Nielsen DAR benchmarks? If we're exceeding those benchmarks, we assume quality is high. If we are uh, not exceeding those benchmarks, we assume that quality is low. We tend to see less post-segmentation verification on intent or or interest-based segmentation. And as I mentioned, that's something that we're looking to explore in 2017. That's great. Thank you for elaborating on the quality there. Just wrapping up now, what three pieces of advice would you give to an existing business who's listening to this and thinking that they want to get started on using data more effectively? Maybe they're a brand and, and they haven't really sort of engaged with their agency that much. They haven't really sort of got under the, the hood of how data is being used. Quite general, I know, but what three pieces of advice would you have for them? The first piece of advice, and obviously I may be a little biased here, is to look very seriously at deploying a DMP uh, within the business. It's very hard to truly understand the data that you have available to you as an advertiser before you've collected that into one central system of record, before you've organized it and unified it effectively. So, you know, I think that one of the main rationales for deploying a DMP, and certainly when we look at DMP phasing and rollout, one of the key initial steps is to ensure that data is being collected, ensure that it is being organized in a way that reflects the brand's own requirements and you know i think that it's incredibly important in understanding the data ecosystem uh, and your own data universe so i think that that would probably be one of my first tips i think second would be to be open-minded about the information provided through data so um you know we come across a lot of businesses who know their audience and they've worked with market research companies and survey data and built personas over a very long period of time that they've worked with. And they have a very fixed picture of who their audience is. Um, sometimes when we present the initial findings from our data sets or from other third-party data sets, there's often a lot of similarities um, in what we see and what previous intelligence has informed the brand around their audience. But we often also generate new insights and we sometimes generate insights that are different or counter to the conventional wisdom and i think that you know that can sometimes cause friction and from my perspective it shouldn't be necessarily a reason to distrust one source over another um, but it's simply i think a reflection point maybe something that needs further investigation so i think being open-minded around the insight and the information that can be provided through a data management platform in combination with what you already know about your audiences is incredibly important. And I think third and final recommendation would be to hire a strategic resource as well as just technical resource. So when people begin their journey um, on implementing a data management platform, they often come to us and they say, we're going to hire developers and we're going to hire engineers and we're going to hire data scientists. And of course, they're incredibly valuable assets to have as part of the wider team, but they often overlook a more strategic element. Somebody that can 
map out the deployment of the DMP, the use cases for the data, and pull all of the different elements together into a clear and coherent framework in order to support the overarching execution. For me, that's an incredibly important role. I mean, I think that execution is 80% of the task at hand when you look at deploying a DMP. And many businesses don't necessarily focus enough on execution. You know, there's a big difference between those businesses that simply license a DMP and those businesses that license and execute on their DMP. Great advice there, I think, for all brands and agencies alike to really get to grips with with data. And hopefully after listening to you talk and really elaborating on how to use a DMP, then brands and agencies, you might get a few people coming off this podcast and wanting to find out more about Lotomy. So just to wrap up finally, could you just point us in the right direction? How can we find out more about Lotomy? What are the sort of developments which people should know about? Sure. So quickest and easiest way to find out more about Lotomy is to visit our website, www.lotomy.com. On that website, you'll be able to find out more about the solutions that we offer. Uh, we have a lot of uh, blog posts on the website where we share case studies, we share new product releases, uh, we share thought leadership pieces uh, around hot topics in the industry. So, for instance, you know, discussing the impacts uh, and the implications of the GDPR. Um, we seem to be constantly releasing new products into the market. I think we've probably released uh, four or five this year alone. So, uh, 2017 is gearing up to be uh, a pretty interesting year, just in terms of seeing some of those products through to market and also developing a whole host of new solutions. You know, some of the things that we're working on right now um, that we have fully productized in the market are our audience optimizer solution, which is our self-service look-alike and act-alike modeling solution, our syndicate solution, which I've mentioned before is our second party data sharing platform, TV DMP, which is available right now in the US, um, and data stream, which is that raw user-level firehose, you know, which is really providing businesses a very granular view on the data assets uh, that they control and are available to them through the wider ecosystem. Great. Well, sounds like 2017 is shaping up to be a very exciting year with lots more developments for you and lots more growth. But Miles, thank you so much for spending time with us here on the Clixie Digital Marketing Podcast and really elaborating us and informing us on how a DMP works and how it can be relevant to both brands and agencies. So Miles, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Tim. It's been a pleasure. Find more episodes at Clixie.com forward slash podcasts or follow me on twitter at tim for change we'll be talking to more of our experts over the next few weeks until then keep up to date with click z and don't forget to review us on itunes and stitcher click z the original digital business intelligence company founded in 1997 providing best practice advice trends and insight from leading analysts and practitioners to a global community of more than 300,000 digital marketing and e-commerce professionals. Thank you for listening and bye for now.